What's going on, everyone? This is episode seven, and this is Nate's last episode for the time being. So, not gonna lie, it's uh, got a little bit of a sad mood going on in the building right now. Definitely bittersweet. Definitely bittersweet. But that's okay. We're gonna push through, and we're gonna we're gonna make the best out of tonight's episode. So, Nate, it's a. Uh... It's finally your time, man. I feel like I uh, saw you last night and still just couldn't believe you were here for a second. Really thought it was someone else, but no. I could. I'm, I'm still surprised. I'm not still surprised that I'm here. Um, it's been a great time, to say the least. Uh, you boys have been treating me with uh, some great hospitality. Um, well, 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 let's go ahead and break it down for us. This is no tux given once again. Actually, not once again. We didn't say that. That's why I'm throwing this uh, subtly in there. But mm. Nate, break it down. When was the day you got here in Chico? I got here April 9th. Okay, and we're looking the calendar. May 3rd is tonight. <laughs> so I've got within, within that 20-odd-something days, I've got a couple, hey, I'm going to need the ride home tomorrow, Tuck. Uh, hey, I promise I'm leaving. I promise I'm leaving. This is it. And this is it. Two days from now, you This ready? is it. it. And it's finally it. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen a lot of laundry done from you. He's only got four or five outfits, so... That's that's it's it's impressive what you've honestly been able to do this whole time. I'm not gonna lie, but as as you guys could see, uh, we don't have any video going on right now. But there's no beanie on this episode. Uh, typically, I'm rocking the beanie, but I'm letting the the, the, duck letting the scalp oh, let, let the scalp breathe, we're baby. The scalp breathe. We're letting the only a couple more out. days until you're back in. Actually, one more day. I'm gonna get you home tomorrow until you're back in sack, and we're gonna hope that Dazi takes care of you. Yeah. yeah. We, Nate, we, do you have that it. appointment set up already? Or? Yes. Some uh, people are still saying they're not, they're a little scared. They can't take care of it, but <laughs> Dazi, he's going to step up. I Dazi, think he, I think he's going to get the job done. He's got Denzel. bars. He, he's got the bars in Sacramento, but he, he's going to get me right. Um, but yeah, man, again, it's been great being here. Uh, I'm still going to do as best as I can to help from afar out in the LB. But for now, let's just keep the energy going and let's talk about Anything that you guys are ready yeah, to talk about. Yeah, you know, about. we've had our bumps. We've had, we've gone over a couple Rocky Mountains. Speaking of Rocky Mountains, we got the uh, Coors Light as the uh, beer of the episode today. When those mountains are blue, uh, there's no better feeling. Nothing like a silver bullet, man. Nothing, nothing like it. Nothing like that transition either. You're getting better at these. Uh, I'm starting to see it. The Rocky Mountain, the trans. Hey. You guys are starting to kill it with these. <laughs> hey, okay, well, don't toot my own horn because I don't want my head to get as big as yours. But it's, <laughs> it's a refreshing beer. It's, uh, you know, we talked about Keystone Light being a good beer. Uh, it's Coors Light, great beer, light beer, or beer dye beer, beer dye and beer. we we appreciate a good silver bullet, as you said. Yeah, you on, a, on a Sunday Sunday night post last dance, we got a nice beer, cap off Nate's uh, Chico experience. I mean, hey, I think I think it's literally perfect. Last dance, we'll get into that later. Who had his last dance in Cincinnati? Thanks oh, to Joe man. Burrow. That was Andy Dalton. All right, and he goes on over to Dallas. And what are we thinking of that one, boys? We got a one year deal. You know, talk to me, Nikki. Andy, we haven't really talked about it, so. Andy Dalton, man, first of all, just I loved him being in Cincinnati because even with that helmet on, you really didn't know if, if, it was, if that was his hair or not. The orange, the orange looked <laughs> The great. red rifle. The, the red rifle. And now he's going to Dallas where he could, he could maybe uh, push Dak out, out of there. I don't know. I don't know what Jerry's thinking. It's an odd signing in my eyes. There's some people that think he's going to end up being the starter. I, I don't I don't know what to believe. Dude, does Jerry pay Dak? I, I, I don't know if he will be the starter. I mean, obviously, if Dak gets hurt, he's coming in. He's slinging right. it. I still think he's got some juice left in that red rifle cannon. But 
I really do think he is going to push Dak in, in the training camp, obviously the whole process. But maybe when if the Cowboys decide not to pay Dak, then, yeah, they let Andy Dalton come in and, and maybe cash him out. That would be the ultimate disrespect to Dak Prescott oh, is if you 100%. let him walk at the end of this year and then Andy Dalton comes in and takes the fucking job. That would be unreal. Did he? Was it more than a, a year sign? It's sign? a one-year deal for $7 million. Yeah, it's just a prove it, prove it deal. I think it's up to seven million. I, I yeah. want to say too. That's right, that's like often four or five around base. three. I think for the base. Okay. So no, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I think uh, we kind of like seen this a lot of these quarterbacks changing homes this off season. Andy Dalton fresh on the market. I honestly think I think the Bengals kind of made a mistake in cutting him. If I'm being completely honest, I think would have been a good backup for Joe for sure. I could, I could like, see that. You, you give Joe the reins, but you have someone there to mentor him. And I feel like Andy would have taken that role a lot better than say you know Aaron Rodgers and the whole Jordan Love scenario. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that have been outspoken about it's not my job to get this kid ready, you know. And so I think and, that's well, an interesting. I, 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 go ahead. Nate. If he makes that point, that's where it's like who. Who are you getting more productivity out of, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton? Because Jameis got that one-year, one-million deal. And, Some incentives and, to maybe bump it. But, to right. get it to, like, maybe three, I think it was. Yeah. But for for the Cowboys to go with the incentives or whatever, the seven million on Andy Dalton, it's like – you got a good quarterback in Dak, and how is Dak taking this? I just, I, I don't like the move. That could just always be the ultimate disrespect move yeah. by Jerry Jones. You know, he likes to play those mind games, like some mind fuck you. And uh, I think Dak took a, a good mind fucking to this one, just as Aaron Rodgers did when they drafted Jordan Love. And just as much as the mind fucking Jared Stidham's about to have when he actually puts on that patch uniform, goes out there and fucks it up week one for you guys. He's, he's going to be the GOAT, he's going to kill it. There's no shot. There's there's some aura about oh him, Tuck, and I just you, you just you don't feel it the way I do. Like this guy's gonna come on the scene and fucking do it, and I just I believe that I truly do. I don't I don't know why. There's something about him, like Jared Stidham, the way it just rolls off the tongue. It feels good. It feels right. Right could be Stidham could be the new right. It feels Stidham. It nah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it for all the listeners out there, you guys have to understand when the Patriots played the Raiders back in 2002. There's a rule literally named after Tucker that forced them to lose. It wasn't the game. named. Oh, oh yes, it, the it, rule was. <laughs> and it's I wasn't the named rule. after the fucking rule. No, you were not. But it it, it just drives his hate for the Patriots. hundred uh, percent. And you see it through his eyes. You see it with the way okay. he moves. And you need to understand. They're one of those teams where if you, you don't watch, like him, you probably hate him. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I understand. But when you see Stinham, don't bring your hate to Stinham. Because you know with that kind of name, and when you see him hit that field on game one, you're going to be like, God damn Let it. the man just ride. Did Bill no. do it again? I'd rather almost a Mitch Trubisky, who, speaking of him, he actually got a, declined the option by the Bears. And I think Bear, or the Bears are going to probably let him walk, and I think Bill Belichick is going to be all over oh, Mitch Trubisky. No, no, I'm no telling you that you right Jared now. Stidham going off. When he takes your team 13-3 and three, is the first year as a starter, I mean, what can you do? No shot. Stidham doesn't and have those kind of numbers. don't ever compare him to Mitchell Trubisky, hey, hey, first Nate, off. Nate, let's be real. It's 14-2. and two. Oh, it's 14-2. and two. Come my on. Dog. My guy. My no butt. no way. There's no way. Hey, Mitch Mitch isn't going to, you know, the, if the Bears start the season 0-2, and, and I'm assuming Mitch is going to get the start, he's like, Nick Foles can have a lights-out training agree. camp. I think if I think if Trubisky shows up and he does the bare minimum, Matt Nagy's gonna be like, yeah, he he's our guy week one. And you know the general manager, they drafted him. They still are gonna push. They're still gonna believe that this is gonna be the guy. The Bears they start their season 0 for two, probably two close games. Defense had them in it, and they just couldn't score. Then that's when they make the switch. I don't think Foles is gonna outright 
beat him. And I, I'm not saying that Foles isn't better than him because I do believe that he is. I just think the Bears, they're still so invested in him. They're not going to just give the, the starting job to Foles. I agree there. I, I mean, you made your point. Oh, hey, I could see them 100%, that 100% happening. The more you said it, I was like, God damn, this is why he's the analysis and I just you're, you're, help him produce. You're just too easy to convince. That's what that is, Nate. Oh, no, you can't. Com- oh, God, dude, I swear to God. Last episode, so everybody, I'm letting it fly this one with Tucker, and it's just me and him. So, come on, what's your next fucking topic? Let's go. I'm not getting into it now. I'm saving it. <laughs> oh, what do what we got to get into? Say what you're going to say. No, say I'm, waiting for, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for no, the right come on. time. No, 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 we got no, no, the head and, jokes out. And, we're going to keep this thing rolling, and we're going to check. And I'm, I'm I, didn't even think what I, I didn't even think what I said was a bad thing, I, or it, even not, like a joke or anything. I'm saving it, guys. I'm saving it. I think Nate's Jimmy's are Russell, to be honest. They've been wrestled. Yeah. And I'm yeah. taking. Hey, I'm just. I just want to say one thing. The the way the light shot, like reflects off your head right now. Get them in now, Nikki. It, it honestly, dude. Honestly, right now, the way I'm looking at you, your your head uh, hairline looks like an like a big M for Mohammedian right there. Look at that tuck. I made that joke about two podcasts ago. If anybody, if you're uh, AWO out there, you remember the M. Well, what was the joke? Line? I said, uh, if you look down, I got the Batman symbol, the McDonald's arches. You guys don't have that take? <laughs> the golden arches. God, I love <laughs> I mean, that. I could I roast myself that. better than anybody here. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But moving on. Golden so, arches, golden days, Michael Jordan, last <laughs> dance. I'm telling you, this man had sponsorships Transition out the man. fucking ass, okay? Let's go. I'm talking about, obviously, we love to see in loving memory of Kobe Bryant. That's just, that touches your heart every time. Uh, I wanted to get into, just fucking straight into it. What you get from me is what you get from him, or is what I got from him. Hmm. That was a quote from Kobe Bryant talking about Michael Jordan. Obviously, that game just emulates itself, and it just goes to show that, you know, I I, I don't want to get into the argument, but Michael Jordan, he just, he really is the GOAT, man. He, He really is. I know. I don't. I don't want to get into that argument either. I think. I honestly, bro, the fact that they they start the episode and they're kind of dogging Kobe in the Eastern locker room. You know, this young guy, he's want to go and score and shit, and like. They, MJ kinda... gave him like a nice compliment, said he's gonna go get his one on one, but yeah. then you know, then they were like, obviously, they're shitting dogging on him. him though, bro. Yeah. Like, well, he's a nineteen year old kid. You know, they they didn't know what was gonna go on with Kobe him. Kobe said it was an older league. He was the young guy. It wasn't like today's league. It was. Which was, yeah, interesting for him to bring up. And it is like, I don't know, it's just so weird to think about. Like, that was the dynamic, though. Now it's like you got young guys and they come on within their first, second season. You see these Trey Youngs and Lucas and they're popping off. Kobe really had to kind of earn that respect. He, he wasn't given it right out the gate, which honestly probably is the reason why he became such a the player that he was. And, and he dealt with those guys that were dogs at that point in their career still. The, that Everybody that was on that all-star team, and he, I think that's kind of how he earned his stripes in, in the beginning of his career. Kobe's, dude, he, he, he learned from the best, and that's why he was one of the Earning best. stripes, the guy who earned his stripes in my heart, Bob Costas, that guy has the fucking voice <laughs> of an angel. Every time I hear it, I'm just, you know it's Bob. There he is, Robbie Costas, coming in hot with the fucking beautiful voice. And that guy needs to never change. No one else needs to never change. Change is the soundtrack to this fucking documentary. Oh, thank I, you for I have it up. loved thank every you. song that they brought in. It's had a purpose. It's had a point. It's had fucking pizzazz. You know, the when you got the three Ps, you just you're loving that. As a marketing guy, you love that, dude. They, I they, can't think of a fourth, but they threw a Nas and everything. It was just it, they're killing it in the 
pop culture area of Bro, everything. I, just... I love how y'all bring that up though, because literally, like, I was vibing to some a tribe called Quest last night, and then they had it as like the second song in the epi- in the in the episode five, and I was like, fuck yes, like, dude. No, they've been. There's no missing when it comes to fucking the guy who's on on the soundtrack for this documentary. Yeah. So like Jordan. You know, before the Jordans became the whole thing, he the episode transitions and they talk about his, you know, his shoe deal. And that's kind of how it started, which I think was David dope. Falk, you fucking legend, man. Right, talk bro, about a guy who, up. you know, I, I used to be big on the Scott Boris train, train as an agent, but uh, I'm starting to think this David Falk guy. I didn't do my research before the episode, too, so I didn't get to really see more about him. But after watching episode five, you're just like, holy fuck, this guy knew well, what he was Falk. doing. Yeah, holy Falk. Yeah, the exactly. Man. To, to think that Jordan liked to do, and then the way they do, they just like talk about Nike and they talk about Adidas and they're saying how Nike was kind of like more of a track shoe at the time, something I didn't personally know, and that Jordan's desire was more towards Adidas and that's what he was rocking in college. And so the fact that he didn't even Converse, want to go, it, it, Converse really fumbled that bag. You know, they could have easily dude, swooped up. up on it, but like Adidas, no one was willing to change. And sometimes change is hard, but you could say fumble the bag, you know, but. You saw all those stars that Converse had. They had. Oh, they, they were still doing it right. Magic. They were still doing it right, and that's why they're still doing dogs, their thing. Bro. You know, they're our dogs they still were playing. Are. Where, like that's what fucking Magic and Larry were playing in back I mean, in their you days. You could get bro, Larry like, to rap in a commercial, you know. No, <laughs> straight that, up. Yeah. Straight but that's up. what got me the MVP. <laughs> Larry, the legend. That's MJ's goddamn MJ's sure. mom really pushed him to go do this Nike interview. That's what I love too. Like, David Falk goes with the cop out in because MJ's still young. He's a rookie in the yeah. in the league. He goes with the cop out, calls his mom. I just love that. I love that. I didn't know that's how that transpired. He yeah, was, he, he got she, Dolores involved. Yeah, he got Dolores involved and was like, "Hey, he doesn't have to like it, but he needs to come out here and listen it, listen to it." Right. So that's what they did. And sure enough, his dad was like, "This is a damn good pitch. You'd be a fool to not take it." And they said, uh, we hope that Michael Shue in four years can anticipate us to make $3 million. What, 126 or something? In the first year. In the first year. And then they do 126, right? Yeah, in the first year. That's just... just it converse. That's where they fumbled the bag. Yeah, 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 right. That's that's the part, Nate. Yes, 100%. And then they just... That's when they they start throwing in some celebrity cameos. Justin Timberlake, quote-unquote, mowing lawns. Wait in line. It's like Justin, you're at your house playing your little Nintendo. Your parents bought them. It's all good, brother. Oh yeah, they, like people said though, you you need you needed to have the shoe in order to in order to have that fucking status, you know. And that's just how it was, you know, back in that day. It's, so it's, it's like it's like if you you don't have an iPhone now. Like if you're that friend of the group with a Droid, it's just like ooh, like uh, we hate the greenies. We kick hate the kick greenies. rocks, but yeah, back then if you didn't have you didn't have the Jordans, like you might as well just go home. We don't want to play ball with you. So then they get into a little bit of basketball finally, you know, going against Clyde in the finals. And that is just, you know, he tells Magic Johnson, like, look, I'm going to give it to this dude. And what does Michael do? Just fucking absolutely gives Bro, it to him. Bro, the fact that he was like, I took offense to being compared to Clyde Drexler, like obviously one of the, you know, most renowned shooting guards of that era. And like he, he's a he's a baller. The fact that he was offended that they were in the same category just shows his competitive. Shows how fucking good he is. Just to hear Michael Jordan say the word threat about any other players says all it needs to say about Clyde Drexler. Right. And I mean, can we? As and, a man, and, and can we also like as let's, a man, let's talk? That? Let's talk about his hairline. Oh yeah, you might I be going that there. Up. That's it. exactly where because I was going. He's the type of guy who you can sleep like an angel at night oh, because. Dude. Look at him. I he mean, he makes your hairline look straight. The, he, he had, 
He had the bald in the fucking center back of his head. And then the V was literally just defined. He, I'm pretty sure he gets it defined in the Avatar Arrow. So it was, <laughs> it, it was pretty interesting to see that a player with money could, could just sustain that kind of hair. I mean, in about two years, we all know I'm getting the hairline surgery. It, it's coming. It's it, happening. It, it has to. It has to. Is there a bank account already set up for oh, this? Oh yes, hundred percent. We should it's, do a GoFundMe for that. If we we should definitely do a GoFundMe for mm. Nathan's hairline surgery. I'll definitely be ready to hop on that train. But um, yeah, Clyde, you should have got it fixed like your boy is gonna in the next two years, you but know, you're fucked up. There's a Becky out there that has her uh, piggy jar and she puts a dollar in it every day for a new set of titties. But our, our guy, Nate, he's, you couldn't put a dollar a day, get his ha hairline fixed. Oh yeah. 50 cents. Cause I could still, uh, still kind of pull, but we're going to go in. All right. All right. <laughs> enough of this. They go in and they dog the fucking blazers. And sure enough, Jerry has the audacity to come out and say it's the great organization. You know, the players are good, but this organi organization is just so great. You know, this is shortly after they show uh, Jerry wanting to smoke a cigar with uh, Michael, and Michael says, oh, Jerry, you're, you're too short. It'll stunt your growth. It's going to stunt it, your growth. It's like, once again, goes to show how much the team just doesn't like the little short bastard. And well, I mean, how'd you feel about that? Talk uh, about the organization. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, all right. That? So, like, he says how that's what I'm happy for, the organization, you know? I think of it like Bill Belichick winning the Super Bowl. What does he do? He doesn't say anything about the coach. Well, obviously, he's going to give praise to his coaches, you know, and whatnot, but he defers all of the glory to the players. It's a player's, it's a player's game. And he says he can't go out and play. Like, he says that in multiple interviews. Bill Belichick, I, I never played football. I can't go out there and play. Right. I can like, coach them, put them in the position, but they got to play. And it's just Jerry, just like that rat-facing, look, chode-looking motherfucker. He's the one, like, you know, I'm happy for the organization. He's like, the teams, you know, the players go do the thing, but it's the organization as a whole. Like, bro, fuck yeah, you. Phil Jackson can deserve some of that organization credit because yeah. he's a, a guru. But other than that, Jerry can fuck off. I mean, you, as, you assembled the team, but... It, over there fucking with guys like Kukoc and, and uh, they get on later in episode six, that white guy on Phoenix who's a good defender. It's like every time someone found out that you like them, whether it's MJ, Scotty, Horace Grant, they made sure to fuck them up. Right. And that's what you love. And again, it, I, I know, like I've said it before, I think that's the biggest shock of this whole thing is to think about how successful this franchise was. And think about all the years Jordan just was dogging on Jerry. They didn't fuck with him. And – I don't know. It's, I don't think there's many other dynasties out there that have had that success and they've had any kind of like hatred towards like their uppers, upper management and whatnot. So it, it was it was interesting to see. They kind of go into probably, a, probably haven't probably haven't ever seen anything else like that's that. Exactly, exactly. With that with that success, six rings, no way. They uh, they jump into the dream team, which was dope as fuck. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas wasn't a member. I feel like we have talked about this plenty of times before. MJ says it wasn't him. I I believe him. Um, he was the scapegoat in that scenario. They wanted to put it on Michael, like, oh, Michael specifically yeah. said. Scotty didn't like Scottie him. Magic like had him. his moments. Larry had his moments. So it was like, you know, like they said, the, or MJ said, the camaraderie of the team was just outstanding. And Magic, so. Magic had that sit down with Isaiah on ESPN. And Magic came out and said this, I think it was like a year or two again, when the Shaq and Kobe did it. And then the only one I remember was Magic and Isaiah doing it. But Magic was like, I'm sorry. Like, I, it, I was a big part in making sure you weren't on the team. And we didn't like each other. And Isaiah said, yeah, this is – and they got up and they hugged. But it, 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 it was some bad, bad blood between and, the bad boys Isaiah, and Isaiah made his bed. 
I mean, you gotta, he's got to lay in it. Like, you dug that on grave, exactly. But like, I could lay in a bed with two championships. Like, I, I, I could lay in right, that it's bed. Right, it's not a knock on his career at all. No, but, 100%. You know, he, he wanted to play there, and he, as a player, he had the right skills. Like, he, he should have been on that team. But his actions in the league, especially against these guys, they weren't ready to just kind of accept him in that role. And it could have affected, you know, the whole brotherhood aspects that they had and it was like, you know, I, I think I think it was the right move by not putting him there. And I think he's really the, the only one you can blame when it's all said and done. And then they talk about how good the relationship. I love that Magic and, <clears throat> excuse me, MJ had such a good relationship because it's like, all right, you know. Passing those, the torch. Those two were, yeah, they were boys. and uh, Yeah, they used to gamble, uh, play some cards at night. Oh, yeah, you know they used to slay and play a bunch of cards and just gamble, just have a great time. Oh. So. I mean, we know Magic's numbers. I mean, come on. <laughs> MJ's got to be up there with them, you think. Jordan saying this is the 90s in that practice that they had in uh, Monte Carlo when it got very heated. Oh, yeah. And Letting them know twice this is the 90s. Magic's just not having it. It was That was definitely the passing of the torch, you know, coming off that, uh, and that, that was second the, ring. That was, the, was that the practice that they – that was the practice at the Olympics, right, when he was telling them? Yep, yep, the Monte Carlo one. Yeah, bro. They, so that was, that was before they kind of – they dogged with Croatia – and that's when Kukoc, Tony, Tony Kukoc, Kukoc, Kukoc. I heard them the tomato, announce tomato. that name. Kukar- Carpe diem, seize the day. Times that episode, yeah. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, but, Charles. Uh, I have somebody next to me whole game, and I never have game like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, it goes to show the defense in in Croatia and in that international basketball. Another another fuck you, Jerry moment. Like Jerry drafted this oh Kukoc guy. Something I didn't know going into this. I know Pippen and Jordan from like the Dream Team documentary. They they were ready to dog this fool, and they don't really. They only talk about that first game where he did nothing. They never really talk about in the gold medal game he had a better game and bounced back a little bit, you know. But it was just another like, oh, Jerry was talking with Kukoc trying to get a contract set before extending Pippen, you know, dealing with him. Like it's just some more Jerry bullshit. Well, he went on to earn their respect in game two in the final. Obviously, they got the dog shit beat out of him still, but he dropped like sixteen and six. He, like I think he might have. That was that one point when he came out. Yeah. I, it might have been the final though. Still, nonetheless, you can't do fucking much with those guys. Yeah, bunch of scrubs. When they hold you to four in the previous game. So he at least did decent. Uh, I thought it was great. Jordan found out a way to cover that uh, bullshit Reebok sign by uh, putting the American flag around it. You Love know, that. no one's gonna take that off, and if they do, they look like the ultimate dick. Yeah. So that was genius. America. Uh, he talks about how he did not donate to. What was his name? No, Excuse me. Didn't back him, but he did, did donate. It was yeah. Har- oh Har- no, yeah, no, he did donate, but didn't Har- back him Har- publicly. Harvey publicly. He didn't yes. like publicly um, endorse him against Jesse Helms. Right. Yes. Honestly, like this kind of it troubled me at first just watching it because I respect Michael for what he did in the sense of you know he he didn't want to get into that whole poli- politics territory, which honestly like I I I respect that decision. Yeah. But I think during that time period, it does also hurt to like the, the overall African-American community that he could have like him endorsing him. He probably would have won, you know? Oh yeah. Especially if this, it was Jesse, Jesse Helms. Yeah. The guy, the guy was a racist and you, you could obviously tell like just from his remarks and shit. Hoodville. Hoodville oh, yeah. talking about segregation and how he like voted for uh, like uh, segregating the schools and, and whatnot. Like, and, and literally you hear it in the little newscast, the ladies like, and Jesse Helms with the win over uh, Harvey Grant defeating a liberal black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy, yeah, exactly. I'm just like, dude, oh, that was terrible. That was so it was bad. So bad. And it's just like, but where I, 
acknowledge Michael and it comes back to that LeBron and Michael debate that I don't really want to get into, but it's just like where I was shut up and dribbled. Nate, is that, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, it just goes where they were so different. And that dude made a point that like, like Muhammad Ali would be remembered, but Michael Jordan won't. But it's like, I think that's where he will be is that he just wanted to play basketball. He didn't want to go into all these other ventures. He wanted to focus on what made him a star and do all of that. So that's where I respect them. And then you got to respect LeBron for not just shutting up. Well, I think, yeah, exactly. You got to respect LeBron. It's a totally different day and age. Different times. You need need that kind of uh, activism in today's world. I I do think LeBron has sold out on a couple things, uh, particularly uh, that whole China comment he made. We'll save that for another day, though, because like like, uh, Jordan said, you know, People have a preconceived idea on what I should or what I shouldn't do. Right. And that's exactly right. He stayed in the middle, and he, he did what he thought. So props to him for sticking to his gut and doing what, doing what he did. Yeah. He, di- he didn't rock the boat. I think uh, the fact that, that uh, the quote about him saying Republicans buy sneakers too – that obviously made it look a lot worse. Yeah, but they, he, he also he, he shared maybe, about like the context he said that in. It wasn't like he was saying that to the media, but it was more of like on the bus kind of thing. Yeah. So that also to goes to show who the fuck is the rat on that bus? Because Horace claims it's not him. It's Jerry. You know, other people it's are Jerry, saying shit. Man. I just don't know if Jerry even ha- rides the bus with them. To be honest with you. Oh, he was in the front. He wanted to be a part of that team. Oh, so bad. he's such a coward. He's such a coward. Is that the same episode where they're taught they uh, go into that whole? fucking crowd at yes. the uh, garden it ends, it ends with that it ends with 62,000 people out in Atlanta oh at the yeah the yeah Georgia not at the Dome. garden excuse me at the Georgia Dome yeah I mean talk what Spike Lee Prince Danny DeVito Drew Barrymore Jerry Seinfeld Bette Midler uh who else was in there Sin- Dr. Sin- Dre Sin- Bill Sin- Murray there, Prince Chris Rock crazy just heads after heads it's like okay this is you know it's gonna be a game that, that's for sure. I mean, 62,000 in a fucking basketball game is unreal. That was some of the most celebrities I've seen at a game outside of L.A. Documented, at least. Because, sure. dude, there were some A-list celebrities there. Bro, someone, someone said wanted it was to a, see it. They had to. Someone said it was the Pope and Jesus phenomenon. Yeah, when he comes in, it, <laughs> and that's when it kind of goes into his whole, like, he literally has no away life, whether it's uh, – that might be – is that diving into the next episode? Well, yeah, kind of? a little bit, but yeah. No, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he talks about the uh, – literally, I go outside, camp, uh, for, uh, fucking paparazzi, paparazzi, go to the practice. I only got one – or I do a game. I only got 10 minutes to shower. Then what do you know? Back with the paparazzi. That's just the media. Back then he the goes outside. He's with the paparazzi. Do this with kids. Do that with kids. It's like the, the dude has no fucking break, and that's when he goes on the couch, and he's like – Smoking a cigar, which, God, he just smokes some mean cigars, I can only imagine, Dude. and pretty much lets people know this is it, you know? This is it. To those media fucks who are recording him, who Ridiculous. you just know he hates. You just know he hates. I have peace until you guys come in here, and then it's all gone. It's like the, the man just he, – he went through, like, I hate to draw this fucking comparison, but that's where, like, I always respected fucking what Justin Bieber was going through a fucking as a kid, going through all these fucking paparazzi brawls and – Fucking I see what you're saying. Stalling. Like that's what kind of a whack comparison. That, that's but, true. But when you have that man, you, celebrity, you're gonna have to at least relate it to something. The paparazzi, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. Because I, I was mean, gonna say, God, put J, J. Beeb and, and, and MJ in the same sentence paparazzi, on this podcast. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking insane. I had but that little twang. It, it wasn't bad. Expects, it wasn't bad. You know, just a little twang. Pretty you know? bold. Pretty bold. It to wasn't say bad. Paparazzi wise, that's not a bold statement. That's very true. 
I was just referring more to the MJ and Bieber same sentence, but oh yeah, let's, maybe maybe a little bit. Let's dive into episode six because we've talked about it. They they finally gave us what we want in cha-ching, a sense cha-ching. of the blackjack, Hit the me. cards, the gambling, the golf. Guys, we we knew that Michael and first of all, first of all, he's he's an icon for gamblers across the world. He loves gambling. There's nothing wrong with it. He's on the Mount Rushmore of gambling. Oh, Mount Rushmore, 100%. And a basketball player. Let's talk about a fucking list. A one-two duo right yeah. there. He's a two-sporter. Jesus, bro. Fucking, they said that in the in the back of the plane. It was like Jordan and Pippen, and they're playing cards, and they're playing like $1,000 hands. And then you got like Purdue and CJ Armstrong in the front with the other, basically, basically with the bench players, and they're all playing. The white guys. The, yeah. the white guys. They're playing dollar hands of blackjack. And Michael, Michael went over and plays with them. They're like, we're playing a dollar a hand. And he says, I Get want. Get the fuck out of here. Why are you playing with <laughs> us? He says, I want. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I want your money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Because that just goes to show the ultimate competitor he was. He wasn't a gambler. You, you know that. He, like he says, he was a competitor. Right. And that's, that's part of his excuse to uh, pretty much say, yeah, I fucking lose a shit ton of money. And this is my way of fucking, what, dealing with it, I guess? All I mean, the- I don't know how you deal with losing just 57000 in one night. Thank you, Michael, for giving our key host, Tucker, an out to his gambling. Tuck, all, all, the, all the heartbreaks in college, man. You're just a oh. competitor, dude. Oh. You're just a oh, fighter. We're just fighters. That's what we are. But I mean, I, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys think people gamble, like the players gamble in the locker rooms just as much as they do today as they did back then? Like the younger players and those kind of types of losses? I don't know about See, as much. This, That's this tough. is the thing. This is the thing. Like back then, I feel like just playing cards and that aspect was so much more like a, it was a bigger part of life than it is now just in the sense like, you know, now you got technology and all like video games and shit like that. At least like now you see a lot of like players in the league playing 2k with each other maybe they're throwing money on 2k yeah, games but culture and they're, they're not they're not really like sitting down playing cards together you feel me yeah because they were getting also they were getting uh cigarettes from uh, the coaches back in michael's beginning days he said the players in the locker room so that goes to show you the huge culture twist in the locker rooms in the nba well and those guys i feel like back then didn't get as much endorsement deals obviously the michaels the birds the johnsons you know even scotty i'm sure got solid money there but now you you could fucking Josh, guys like a Josh Hart could parlay some streaming into money and, and shit yeah. like that. So it's like they don't have as much of a need to gamble and try and win fucking big-time bucks, you know? True. Because when, when you don't have the money like that, there's no better fucking feeling than dropping your dick on the table at a blackjack table and just having a bender and walking out richer than you were when you went in there. So Best can't blame them. In the world. I, I want to say that I think one of my favorite parts of the whole doc series was the black and white film footage of them drinking a beer after after they beat I think it was the Knicks. This was a cup or this is yeah it was when they clinched um like the top seed in the East or whatever right so they clinched yeah. sixty wins you got you got to celebrate wins. it it was sixteen eighteen they end up losing the last four because they probably didn't fucking play you know kind of thing they went sixty or no it was actually sixty two and twenty two something like that. And Sixteen. And it was 62 and 20. 62 and 20. Okay, that's, that's what, what it was. was. My bad, my bad. But that, that shot. It is your bad. That shot of a fuck you. That shot of Michael and Pippen drinking those Miller Lights, you know. And, and, ah, classics. And Pippen's, Pippen's like, I've been looking forward to this since halftime. And yeah. that's when Mike's <laughs> like, they've been, they've been smoking drinking at halftime when I was a rookie. That, you could see the baseball player in MJ right there just like, vintage, I play a game, oh, I need a beer after. I, I mean, fuck, it looked like Scotty could have batted for 300 after some of the comments he was saying. Oh, like, God. 
that guy that guy needed a beer after every game too. Can't blame him. So I guess if we're gonna be really talking about his gambling, or we gotta we gotta talk about that Knicks. The Knicks. What was that? The East uh, Finals game. Before before we get into that, real quick, because I don't have. I wanted to. I want to bring up the Jordan rules because I was honestly a little confused about some aspects. Okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe y'all can help me out, but. Sam, it was Sam Smith, the reporter. He wrote a book about that uh, ninety, the season they beat the Trailblazers in the finals, so their second ring. He wrote a, like the NBA inside on the Bulls season about Jordan, and you know his work ethic and competitiveness is somewhat questioned because they see like the true Michael Jordan, where he might be a dick to his teammates in practice. Like, why did they? Why were they trying to use Horace Grant as the scapegoat? As like he was the one talking to the media. Yeah, that's that what, what they was? were saying. They were saying like Horace was the guy that was being the the rat and stuff. Like, giving and that's things when Horace. To the media. Yeah, because MJ says I wasn't the one giving things to the media. That was Horace, and then they cut over to him and are just saying like, yeah, or, or excuse me, he says no, I didn't say anything to him. Sam Smith and I had a good relationship, and that's why people like to use me as the scapegoat. But there was other guys who had good relationships with them as well, and they easily could have been giving them the fucking same knowledge or the same messages. Excuse me. Right. Jesus. Do you do you think uh, do you think it was Jerry? I mean, potentially, yeah. Just easily for him to kind of get in the spotlight. I it, guess. I, I think too. Most of it was just like they they didn't. He probably didn't tell him they were. He was writing a book. I don't know if that's how it was back in the day. You had to tell people compared to now, but you could be getting some of that information just saying it to Sam Smith, thinking, oh, he's not going to write it down or not remember and stuff, right. and then he just has it in the vault upstairs and is leaking it in a book a couple of years later. It's like, fuck. Quote, unquote, off record. I mean, then what does that mean nowadays? You know, what did it mean back then? He probably just had some casual conversations over a drink or two if they had a good relationship, let a couple things slip. And I, and for Mike to come out and just outright say it was Horace Grant, I feel like it was Horace Grant who was giving out all that information because the other guy was like, that's what uh, Mike said. Mike said, Mike it, was said it was Horace. He said it was Horace that told that told Steve, and so. But Steve's funny to me. That old dude, he's just always fucking hilarious. Every time I see him pop up on the screen, oh, he's always got a great smile going on. No, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I was a little thrown off by it, and I think that's kind of the start of Michael's losing love for the game. And we can kind of get into that more. But Nate, let's go back Eastern Conference Finals. It's the Bulls they're versus down, the They're down 2-0 to the Knicks. Favorite and part of the whole documentary so far. Documentary. Sorry, documentary. What do you do when you're down 2-0 to the Knicks? Uh, you go get your mind off some things. You go with your pops to Atlanta City. You go hit the blackjack table. You go lose $57,000 at the Atlantic City fucking hotel. <laughs> and you have a great time. You, you say it's your dad who wanted to go. You know, that quote, is quote what it unquote, is. couple hours. Yeah, a couple hours. He, he says, I think, in the documentary, in the docu-series, they were fucking, they left like 11.30, 12, and there's someone saying that he was seen in the casino as late as 2.30 a.m. Right. So it's like, MJ, we know you had a bender. It's okay. You got your mind off things, and what did you do next? You just went on to fucking ball out and sweep the Knicks. It, it helped him. It just goes to show you that. Four little, two. Just easy. A, a little bit of gambling could get the could get the mind off some stuff, man. You're down 2-0. Go, go hit the blackjack And he table. also hit the silent treatment on him too, right? Because that's when they just completely start after in between games two and three, they find out he does that. And then for the next day or two, they're just hammering him, hammering him, and just 
beating him down, and his dad steps up to the plate and takes care of it with the media. Right. And Jordan still is silent, I think, for games three, four, maybe. And then he comes back and, and finally talks to him. But, I mean, it is, his dad was a, a team player for that one, stepping up. Hell, yeah. He, he was quiet until the finals. That's what yeah, it was. That's what, the, okay, so, yeah, he just the... whooped New York's ass and then just – then he opened up. He, he sat down with Madison um, Square Garden was his bitch. God, that's oh, unreal. 100. It was a, it was a Maude Radshaw where he said to him he was like because he he fucked with him and he was like yo I want to do this interview now I want to do it with you with yeah. the shades the on sunglasses yeah. on that's his high as a kite like good for him because they were in the car together too when he was telling them about like stop playing and it was just that camera and the other black dude was in the front that was MJ looked extremely tired. Games one and two. He was getting beat up like it was the bad boy days. Right. Can we, uh, you know, maybe say that not only the gambling helped, but also he wore the sunglasses. Was he just getting high consistently through games three through six? Take the edge off And a just bit. take the Ooh. edge off and Relax just really muscles, loosen those man. joints and let it fly? I, I would not be far – or uh, I would not say that's too far-fetched off. I want to go back and look at the amount of interviews he gave with Shades because that could be a that could be a hot take right there, Tuck. I like that. So moving on, uh, are we going to get into this slim bowler guy, Mister? Uh... So what the what the slim bowler thing was is it's because after they beat the Trailblazers and they won their second shit back to back, he didn't go to the White House. He was out with Slim yes, Bowler. That, yeah. That's what it and was. So that's you're what, right. That's you're right. It was uh, I can David mix that up. David Aldridge saying that, and so he basically was hanging with Slim, and they were just gambling together. And that's where the you know he Slim ends up going. To, he's facing these charges for the like, laundering charges. Laundering you know? charges, right? And Speaking so, of that, you know Ozark, you guys should watch it. One of the best shows out there. Definitely going to be one of the best shows, the best show ever. When it's all said and done, goes big time into laundering. But Nikki, that's that's exactly why this docu series had to throw it out. It was a quick shout out to uh, Jason Bateman and Ozark. But go ahead, keep continuing about this. this hot uh, take, hot take, hot take. Breaking Bad, is, Breaking Bad is better than Ozark. Haven't even watched an episode of... Actually, I have keep, seen a little keep bit. Keep talking but, about Bowler. Go but, ahead. But Tuck, Tuck still won't watch Breaking Bad, so I got to fire back real quick. But yeah, Bowler, he, you know, Jordan bails him out, 57 grand. And he, Jordan flat out said in court, you know, like I gave him the check for a gambling loss. He, he said it was a loan, but in, in reality, he didn't want to embarrass him. And so, you know, you respect you respect Mike for doing that, helping, helping the homie out. But that's why the whole Atlantic City thing was so hyped up because they know MJ in the past has gotten caught maybe with the wrong guy, you know, at the wrong casino. Well, you know, that one golfer, uh, that, or the guy used to golf with, the Keesness or whatever. Yep, Richard uh, Keesness. Uh, what, $1.2 million? So he had right. to pay that. It's like the man liked to, to have fun. And like he said, it was a hobby. You know, if, if it was a problem, he'd be selling his NBA rings. He'd be selling his house. Right. Uh, he said his wife would have left him. So it's like, it, it wasn't a problem to him. He could afford it. And like Aldrich says, him gambling 10000 is like you going and gambling ten. Right. So he, he, he enjoyed golfing too. Like you see that after which game was it that he was out at the course? Oh, he's like a cigar and beer smoker and a beer drinker. Like the man, that was before the, he loves the golfing. playoffs in 97, his 98. Fits, when his they fits went were always fresh, by the way. Bro, yeah, he, he is On said, that golf course. Oh, yeah. He looked like an eight ball. <laughs> it was it was nice. He he has said in the past that golf is the hardest sport he's ever played, and so yeah. And he said I have a competition problem. You know he he loves to compete. He loves that gamble. And it's just like I mean hey, who, how can you blame the guy? Especially when you have like you've always said in the past when it's like there are some bets that are so outrageous that you you don't want to do. But you know like 
if you had the money, why not throw a grand on it? Because the payout would be yeah, tremendous. Yeah, and if yeah. you have a grand to, to throw away, then fuck it. Yeah, you see like any celebrity throwing 500K plus on any bet, and you're just like, wow, I'm sure it'll hit. But yeah, you, you can't afford it. So it's like, it's guys like MJ that fucking be an all-star uh, at a professional basketball level and be an all-star at the table. So well, condemn, condemn him. Another little shout-out to my boy uh, Dennis Rodman for uh, hitting the Hooters after he got off the bus. Oh, he just wanted some tits and ass, and that's oh, yeah. a quote. Just want to go see some tits and some ass. Yeah, hey, God bless that man. Fucking he, OG, man. He is an OG. And Phil, I'm sure he just locked himself in his room and took acid and stared at the wall for eight hours. <laughs> Overall, how... How, how did we like these episodes, boys? Nikki, you were saying something about these. That's going to sound like so it was edited, but it actually wasn't. It wasn't edited. Let the record show. Cause I swear, that, that it's going to come out like it sounded edited, but I, I promise you folks that overall like robotic transition from Nate was not edited. It wasn't bad. It was No, just, I just got to sign those questions so we just you know. <laughs> No, no, I know, yeah. It's just when we hear the tape, you'll be like, ah, no, I, I, I know what he's talking about. I appreciate about. the questions. The questions are marvelous. Oh, he, he outlined like a, the M on my air, head so everybody in. could could laugh. It was marvelous. Don't worry, Nate. Just think, Clyde, Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler. It's okay. <laughs> there are better days. But ahead, go ahead, buddy. shoot what you're go gonna shoot, me. bud. Go shoot shoot what you're go gonna shoot. Me. But how how are we feeling about these these last two episodes? Where Hairline. Where, where where are they at? Chap lips. If you guys could see Nikki's <laughs> lips, oh my god, it looked like god. the man. It looks like the man Boom. kissed baby powder before he walked in the studio today. <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out, Birds Bees. That's my homie. Not today. See, guys, but, I'm coming back with some fire today. But let's let's talk about the episodes. I thought these two were up there with the top. Um, I love the Dennis Rodman episode. Obviously, I think uh, episode six will probably still be uh, one of my more favorite episodes. But just everyone's been so good. I just wish I could fucking watch them all. To be honest, I definitely think that they finally started to show more of this footage from the last season, which I've appreciated. The whole Jordan, you know, honking uh, on the, the bus, trying to get them all out so they can go hit their tea time and shit. Like, that was great. I got a tea time at 3.30. That was absolutely great. Like, not the reporters Scotty are talk. trying to stop Scotty, and he's just like, nope, he's got a tea time. He's got a tea time. Like, Which that's he goes on to says he has, like, 20 to $40 on a hole. And like Nate said before, uh, that man probably had about, I think, 20 to 40 grand on a yeah, hole. for guess. sure. So. It definitely was a... Uh, more about this last season, more footage. And, Nate, you've kind of said you think they're going to add more and more as it goes on in the series. So I think that prediction will come true. I enjoyed it. And we, it kind of ended with, you know, they, they win their third, their third ship. They beat Charles Barkley and the Suns. They beat them in six in Phoenix. And you really can see that Jordan is not stoked. Like he was after they yeah. beat Portland the year before. He was, he was way more relieved that the season's done. They met all the expectations. Then he was happy for his legacy and, you know, just for his, his team overall. This kind of goes in. I mean, we know what happens next episode. They're for sure going to talk about he, his dad's passing and he ends up retiring and sits out for about a year done, and a half. They're done about championships. They've, I'm pretty sure they've won over all the three championships he got in the beginning in of the his beginning, career. Right. And that's just another comparison. Like It's just like LeBron's emotions compared when he won his third championship. Mind you, it was for Cleveland and the whole thing. But it's just like it just shows you how much Jordan really went through. Because it was we could read it on his face. The dude was beat. It wasn't the same happiness he had when he had his first championship. It it was hard to get there again, and it was, it kind of took a lot out of him. Yeah, he definitely took a more physical toll. I think 
every every time you win a championship as a star player, you're gonna you're gonna have that exhaustion to you. But I uh, I couldn't I couldn't say anything uh, more about that, Nate. You know, you made a good point, but I'm not gonna shit you down too much. Nate, just kidding. No, no, no <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a good but point. Not last dance, ladies La- and gentlemen. This was uh. This was Nate's last Nate's dance, last also. Dance, right. This is so don't don't let don't you say, say it last for yourself. Dance, okay, I'm not like I'm not like Phil. I'm gonna come back eventually. Though I'm gonna come back. I'm not getting fired, am I? No, no, you're not. No, getting fired. no, okay. Nate. You're Nate. leaving. All right. Rightfully Nate, so. It's saying, been too fucking long. Last, he's not. It's been it's too he's long. Fired. Yeah, yeah, wink, yeah, wink. I know. It's not my last dance, but it's 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 it's. I bet it's your final dance. Am I tearing up? It's about to be your, <laughs> your first haircut very soon. Yeah. So you know what, just man. give give yourself a round of applause. You're about to get a clap. There it is. You're about to get a cut. God, man. And it's it, going it, to look It's been an honor. It's going to look good. It's going to look good. Nate, from episode two to episode seven, you've been with us. Much love to you, brother. We appreciate it. We know you'll be back on very soon. The man with the camera, the man with the mic, the man with the big head. You, you've Ooh, done wee. it all, Nate. Uh, once again, I thank you, brother. Uh, thank you to the AWLs out there who will remember Nate for being the piece of shit he was, but also the piece of gold he is, too. Mm. So, Nate, Nikki, sayonara. I just want to wish you guys the best for this upcoming week. We got some episodes coming to you. We're really hoping that we can get on Tom Via, the one and only professor from Chico State. This guy was the 109th employee at Verizon. The man's seen it all. He ah. might even know Chuck Norris. Wink, mm. wink. And let me tell you, he would be a great interview. So, Nate, Nikki, I'm out. Nate, go ahead. Say what you got to say, buddy. I'm Once big, again, thanks. I'm Big Head Nate. This is Nikki Mom and Dad, your boy Tucker Elliott. No tucks given. See you guys later. Peace, guys. We love you, Nate.